Hey everybody, welcome to the newest installment of the Minority Report. Bienvenido. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us again. And of course, this is your head minority in charge, Gus. With me as usual is my biracial consigliere, Jay. How's it going, everybody? Previously on Minorities Report. <laughs> <laughs> Little X-Men deep cut. <laughs> and of course, we have still with us Mr. Han. Aloha. And of course, Jorge. Hello there. Hello oh, there. You did, you, did, you did the white guy reporter when they're doing it. Oh, the, no, no, no. That is... That Gracias. Is a, that's the Latino reporter saying his name in Spanish. Right. Live from New York, I am Jose Manuel. I was like, whoa, calm down there, dude. My, my favorite one is like you said, my, we, we talk about this and... Of course, guys, before we get into that, of the generations we're going to be doing, we did the 70s, 80s, and now we're going to go into the 90s. And Well, basically, we did the Boomer and Gen Xer in our first episode. Now it's going to be all about Millennials and Gen Zers. But Jay and I were talking yesterday about when people learn Spanish, whether they be Caucasian or black, they learn Spanish, they try to over... Oh, they, they, don't, they don't speak Spanish, but they try to over-enunciate the things that they know in Spanish. You know, they're, they're, they're at the restaurant. Yes, I'll have an order of the fajitas. Or, <laughs> or can you grab the tortillas? We're like, whoa, dude, chill. <laughs> Just call it a tortilla. It's okay. You ain't got to so hard. <laughs> yeah, but don't ever call portillos portillos. Because it's not. It is mm. not. It is not. <laughs> it, that's just like all the Italians I knew back in Brooklyn that would they didn't really speak Italian, but they were goombas. Mm. And they would sit there and over, hey, my mom made some manicotti. <laughs> you mean manicotti? You can how say about, manicotti. Bro. How about some nice gabagool, Tom? <laughs> or, see, but that's the name of it, gabagool. You yeah, can't yeah, say it yeah. any other way. But, but like I'm saying the when way, they over enunciate, yeah. when they go, uh, my, my mom made a uh, what was it? My mom, oh, she used the mozzarella. Yeah. The ricotta. It was like, <laughs> ricotta. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, I don't see any ricotta in your refrigerator. That, are you yeah. talking about ricotti? Ricotti. But anyway, yeah. it, I just find that funny. Yeah. But Jay's going to start us off with talking about growing up. Well, it, I'm going to segue into it because in the 90s, I became an adult yeah. and got into the whole grunge thing. But I wasn't a child of the 90s, so I did experience already, and I grew up on that toxic masculinity. And I don't want to say just toxic masculinity, but over-masculization mm -hmm. and a lot of the homophobia and all that. Mm -hmm. But in the 90s, Jay, it kind of settled down. It wasn't as it, bad. It did a little. It was almost like a masculine culture war because yeah. um, as like the 90s came in, um, you know, all the uh, the newest rock bands that were popping up at the time, it was grunge. Right. And so you had guys like um, Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder, um, you know, bands like Alice in Chains and all that pretty much... They, they introduced a new type of um, rock star. Well, and, they, yeah. they, they were guys who weren't afraid to touch on their feminine side. Right. And also they, they, uh, they embraced their mental illness yeah. they're all that that hurt right that pain because a lot of the music was based in pain right you see of all the music that they did right and they also and not also can't forget to mention um the alternative rock scene so jane's addiction right. and um sonic youth so jane's it, addiction's so underrated oh yeah uh, you, you, you know who yeah. to me was and i'll let you keep going about the 90s yeah because yeah. Well, yeah. since you touched on music yeah i think a big revolutionary for that also was trent reznor yeah, because Trent Reznor was kind of ambiguous, right? You know, in his in his style, right, right, and and of course Marilyn Manson mm -hmm. and uh, other 
dudes like that. Well, I yeah. would say dudes, but other yeah. people like that. Right. Uh, it were kind of like that because a lot of them were kind of androgynous almost, but yeah. on a masculine side, they, which yeah, is they, weird. Right. They. It was like another. It, it almost felt like another. Um, chapter of like the glam rocker right but from like a more darker perspective right you know well and it, yeah. it and if it, and a lot of the groups that were mm-hmm. coming out mm-hmm. were more progressive i want to say yeah they were more liberal in the ideology right you know absolutely yeah yeah it, and um but yeah so like i'm looking back on like the 90s and everything in the mm-hmm. early 2000s and it almost felt like the past generation of what masculinity should be versus at the time the current a view of what masculinity should be. So basically, it's masculine versus sensitive. And actually, there right. are a couple examples that come to mind. So I'm going to actually start out with Saved by the Bell. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Saved by the sexual assaulter? I right. Mean, what? <laughs> right. So, you know, you got Zach Morris and A.C. Slater. Right. And um, so you got the preppy Zach Morris, and then you got the military kid, A.C. Slater. Mm-hmm. And the look, the way I look back on it, AC Slater, it was kind of a complex character. Yes it, and no. Yeah, I think the most non non toxic guy in that whole show. Yeah. was Screech. Which right is on. Funny, <laughs> which yeah, is, I was just gonna say that. But. Which is funny considering like his, his real oh, life. Oh yeah, Dustin yeah, Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm gonna say complex because okay, so you have AC Slater, mm-hmm. captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team, the prototypical player, jock, prototypical jock. But he was also a dancer. He was also like very effeminine yeah. for, a, for a masculine guy and everything. Are you making fun of his Jerry Curl mullet, bro? You mean the Jerry mullet? <laughs> the Jerry mullet. Jerry mullet, yeah. But, um, I think that yeah. was actually Soul Glow. So, <laughs> let your soul glow. Yeah, the, yeah. it was the, yeah. But, um, so you were saying. Right, but yeah. And, but then he would always have like this very misogynistic personality mm-hmm. calling, you know, women chicks babe and whatnot oh god those terms yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. females right right exactly (laughs) oh my god and so and i that's why i always thought that his character was um kind of interesting because he you know when him and jesse were dating it was like to use like um to to reference um um from shakespeare um much ado about nothing Mm -hmm. beatrix and benedict these two very alpha personalities but they're so different they're always clashing with each other right well, she but was the ultra feminist. She was the ultra feminist. She was like the. She was a very intellectual character, like you know, class president, all that. She was very strong minded. Right. And then her and AC, they're always like you know clashing with each other, and then eventually they start dating. Well, one of the terms he used to use for them too, and he even call her that, mama. Mama. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's weird when a dude wants to call his girlfriend mama or yeah. mommy. Right. It's kind of like, like Mike Pence. Hello, easy. mother. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. It, uh, it's like the 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 term because I was talking about with this with somebody mm-hmm. when a girl calls a guy daddy. Yeah, my daughters don't even call me daddy. That's weird. It, even when yeah. you hear the term now, it's like, oh, daddy is like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I swear, but, you yeah. know, it's like I know so many people mm-hmm. who like literally live for their partner to call him daddy. That's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like the whole daddy mm, little no. fetish. Right. But yeah. anyway, no. But yeah. Well, some some of that. Yeah. Not some of it. Not but right. But I'm just like I absolutely never, never. want to yeah. be called. That. But, but but you but, but, yeah. but touching on Saved yeah. by the Bell, yeah. it's a term that. But now people they look at it 
in a different light because everybody, oh, that was a great show. I grew up on that. It's so yeah. great. Is what you refer to as nostalgia fapping. Yeah. <laughs> but you know who you know who uh, who broke that? Who actually destroyed the nostalgia goggles for Saved by the Bell? Yeah. It was a um, I forgot his name, but he had a uh, series on Funny or Die right. called Zach Morris's Trash. Yeah, I yeah. heard of it. Heard yeah, of it, yeah. And it always started Zach Morris is trash. Ding ding ding. And he would just he actually show um demonstrated Zach Morris was a fucking sociopath. Oh yeah. And everything. Yeah. And um but yeah, and like but like Slater and Zach were what what kids in the 90s strive to be right the yeah. popular yep. kids like you know the you know they got a, they literally got away with murder yeah and Zach morris carried around a cell phone and, right but my and that was before kids in high school started carrying around right cell phones. right and the, everything the dynamic of their relationship from the beginning of the series because i was more of an adult by yeah. the time they came out uh-huh. i was like they're awful because they're seeing kelly as, as a prize, a, as a prize to yeah. win, right. and they're competing. It doesn't matter what she wants, right? Doesn't matter who she wants to date, yeah. And they would lie, yeah. deceive, lie to her, yeah. And for lack of a better term, what they use now is they yeah. gaslight her, oh yeah, just to try to date her, and that's yeah. it's awful, dude. And you know, and um, also like what was some also horrible things about Zach was that um, he 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 was like fr- uh, fragile masculinity. Because there was two, uh, there was a couple episodes in mind that can't come into mind. He started, uh, he was dating this one girl who was mm-hmm. a uh, the first female on the wrestling team, and she was an underrated character. She was a strong character who wanted to be on the wrestling team, but she was facing like the misogyny and everything from like the coach and whatnot. And then Jesse um, goes to her defense, goes on, you know, they had that tight, you know, Bayside Tiger radio mm-hmm. station, called out the entire foot, the entire wrestling team. She called out the coach, called out Mr. Belly because he was laughing about the idea of a girl being on the wrestling team. Um, Slater was the one to actually stood uh, yeah. stood up for her, saying like, "Hey, why don't we give her a chance?" You he, know, Mr. Belly was borderline creepy, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Belly. was oh, yeah, yeah. borderline creepy. Oh yeah, yeah he was yeah. way too involved in. Oh totally. Their lives. I was like, <laughs> like, okay, there's several hundred students in this high school, but you're focusing on these six. Yeah, yeah. The the one of the girls that was on that show later on, I don't mm. know, I don't remember what her character was like. You mm. might. She was one of the triplets that are actresses. God, I can't remember their names. Oh, Tori. Yeah, I forgot got the name oh Leanna yeah. Creel yeah she yeah. she's one of three yeah. yeah 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 she was in that remake of uh the parent trap right. well not not the Lindsay Lohan but they actually did a sequel to the Haley Mills yeah. parent trap yep. yeah but they were triplets they were triplets yeah, yeah. three but, of a kind i think it was called or something like that right i think so yeah, yeah. But, but anyway no, but yeah but um but yeah there was that and you know Zach and her and the female wrestler started dating mm-hmm. until he gets hassled by you know by some guy from Valley there are rivals <laughs> from Valley Zach defends, I mean, uh, the girl defends Zach, mm-hmm. and now everybody's giving him shit because, oh, a girl defended you and everything, and he breaks up with her because he was too fragile <laughs> to be, like, he didn't, he couldn't handle dating a strong girl. Which is funny because in that time, one of the most popular and simped after characters in all of television was a strong woman Xena mm-hmm. warrior Zena, princess yes, absolutely Dude, every guy yeah. knows simped after her and probably half the girls yeah <laughs> when she would go la, 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 oh yeah <laughs> right 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 and then and then there was a, another episode where there was this plus size girl that had oh, a God. huge crush on yeah. Zach and they were doing the um I think it was like the prom like you know um bidding for your like prom date and everything it was basically slaving like an auction like, like an auction, auction. Yeah. yeah it was like a slave auction and yeah, everything yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so for um, quote unquote yeah. charity. Right. I think the character's name was Martha or something. She bids on Zach, wins, and Zach is trying to get out of it. I remember that. Yeah. Because he wanted to go with Kelly. He, he, well, no, actually, not Kelly. There's this other girl, like, you know, your typical blonde, like, you know, like stere- uh, stereotype. I Becky? Think it was, I think it was Bridget Wilson. Oh, Becky. That, I don't know, but, but she but, was a Becky. She was a Becky, yeah. I think yeah. it was Bridget Wilson Maybe. that played her. Anyway. But no, like, so Zach was trying to get out of it, and then um, she sees Zach in the hall, and she says, hey, how are you feeling? And he's like, oh, I'm feeling really sick and everything. And she was like, really? Because I called your mom yesterday, and she said you were out surfing. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. So she's like, you know what? I don't, you know what? I don't deserve to be treated like this. I'm gonna go to prom alone because at least I'll be with someone who respects themselves. Right. And yeah. you know what was you know what's great about that episode? The audience cheered. Yeah. The audience cheered yep. against Zach Morris. And then Zach, you know, he learned the error of his ways, apologized to her, and they had their dance at the prom and everything. But I'm looking at that. And it's like, yeah, Zach, like, he was, like, the epitome of, like, what well, you want to be in high school. Yeah. yeah. But looking back, that's the last person you want to be. And this mm. happens. This happened a lot in, like, 90s television. Yeah. And well, I, he yeah. was the schemer. He schemed at everything. Right, yeah. right. He was supposed to be, like, the Ferris Bueller. But now Ferris Bueller is being seen as a sociopath as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So another – and I noticed – and I, I like I said, like, there was, like, this sensitive versus masculine culture war going on in TV – because, like, the next example was Dylan McKay versus Brendan Walsh oh, gosh, from yeah. Beverly Hills 90210. Because yeah. um, <laughs> Brendan Walsh was, like, the sensitive guy. The sensitive guy. guy, yeah. Right, right. He always wanted to make sure that, you know, um, everyone was okay. He, right. would t- he would always take their keys if they were drunk. In fact, there was an SNL episode when Jason Priestley hosted, mm-hmm. and they were doing a parody of, of uh, Beverly Hills 90210. He's taking everybody's keys. He's taking everybody's <laughs> keys. And he, he was like a valet. He had, like, yeah. the little, like, valet box with the keys and yeah, everything. Yeah, he was the sensitive one, but yeah. also, honestly, kind of Luke Perry was too because yeah. Luke Perry was the tortured soul he was yeah yeah where the one that I think was kind of toxic and that was Ian Zaring. Steve yeah Steve, and also re- Brian Austin Green yeah he yeah. Was, yeah well you know what Brian Austin Green was the example of like because like he was supposed to be like the kid well he was the he was like the kid from 16 Candles Anthony right. Michael Hall right right yeah. he, he had that glow up the nerd to try to get laid right right but Steve <laughs> was the rich douche and everything yes. and like uh, he even Ian Zierling because like they talked about that in I Love the 90s yeah they talked about that show and he said like yeah Steve was the one with the money so that's how he would try to impress girls he was 30 and in high school but anyway right and he had that he had that weird curly like mullet he had that Art Garfunkel Bro, mullet him, mm-hmm. him and Luke Perry both had receding hairlines yeah <laughs> we're in high school right I'm sure you are bro right but yeah so you had that so like like Dylan was like a complex character but he was right. supposed to be like seen as like the masculine tough guy yeah like well he, he was like the a sensitive Fonzie yeah that's exactly what he was yeah. he was like the 90s Fonzie yeah and everything um, but yeah and and of course I'm gonna bring up Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. Will Smith versus Carlton Banks oh my goodness so have you, you seen know, the new one I have not yet. I haven't but, watched Bel Air yet. Oh my god! I mean, but Will in that show is kind of toxic. Dude. They actually tapped into that. Yeah, he actually get because like you know, at be, you know, being a you know black kid in suburban like right. you know raised in the suburbs and everything, I start to relate to that show and everything because like you have like this black family in the suburbs going to all white schools, mm-hmm. all white neighborhood and everything. And his cousin was whitewashed. All his cousins were white. Oh, abso- absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so when I was a kid, I wanted to be. The Fresh Prince. I wanted to be Will Smith because he was cool. Because he was cool. I didn't want to be Carlton, even though I was totally Carlton. You were you were Carlton when I met you, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. now, let's now. let's find out. Right. Dun, dun, dun. 
But yeah, so, but now looking back, I respected Carlton. I ha- I love Carlton. He's my favorite character. And if I, if I've referred to as Carlton, I'm like, awesome. Because if you think about it, Carlton, he was raised in a good, you know, good home. He mm-hmm. went to the best schools. Right. He went to Princeton. Yep. Um, he's seen as the nerd and everything. But at that time, if you weren't living up to that black stereotype, right. then right. your blackness was a question. If you were, I was going to say, and much yeah. like if you were, Jordy LaForge, right. he was black presented. Right. If, you, you right. if you were in hood, right. you weren't black. Right. Yeah. Pretty exactly. much like what Dave Chappelle experiences all the time. He right, right. Really, really but like, if you look back, if you look back on it, Carlton had a lot of good stuff going on because not only was he intelligent, he was right. in good shape, he could dance. Like, okay, a lot of people remember him doing like the, the Tom Jones Tom dance. Jones. Like, yeah. I, or the Bruce Springsteen dance and everything. Yeah. But... There he there. I remember that episode when he was on Soul Train, and he fucking he brought the house down. He's doing backflips off the you know during the Soul Train line and everything. And fucking Don Cornelius, the immortal Don Cornelius, was like, "Damn!" And like, and meanwhile, Will is doing all these whack ass dances, and Don Cornelius is like, "Nah, no," and everything. That my favorite. Carlton moment has to be when he flexed that you don't have to be ghetto to be black. Yeah. Uh, was when they were uh, initiating for a fraternity. Yep. Yeah. And the dude said, "You're into Will, but your cousin isn't because yeah. he's too white." It was a uh, Glenn Plummer's character. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. the monologue that Carlton mm-hmm. gives him. To equating to his blackness, yeah. I was like, "Bravo, son!" He Absolutely. finally. St- I think that was one of the first moments that Carlton stood up for himself. Oh yeah. Yeah, Carlton definitely had like a lot of good character development and, and everything. And that yeah. actor, Alfonso, Alfonso Ribeiro. Ribeiro. Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. He is unbelievable. The stuff that he's done, like he yeah. has mm-hmm. he drives uh like a not a Formula One. An Uber? No, no. He's a, com- he's a competitive race car driver and he mm. is phenomenally successful. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I the more I, I grew as I grown older, I start to like um, relate to Alfonso Ribeiro, especially Carl Ribeiro. Ribeiro, Ribeiro sorry, yeah. um, because you know he's biracial as well. Afro, yes, tri- uh, Afro Trinidadian or Trinidad- Trinidadian. Trinidadian. Yeah, his fa- his father's yeah. Trini. Right, yeah. and you know me being half black, half Hispanic, we I saw Carl. Now I see Carlton as like a figure, you know, as like yeah. a, someone you aspire to and everything to be both intelligent, be athletic and everything. Right. Well, his first big break, yeah. then what he became known for, yeah. he was in a Coke commercial with Michael, a Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. Yep. And he was like infamous, a little Michael. The infamous Pepsi commercial where Michael Jackson's hair. No, no, it wasn't fire. that one. Cause that was, was during, that was during the tour with his brothers. Can you feel it? No, it was the Pepsi commercial. Right. But it was yeah. the one right. with his brothers. This right. one was where they were out in the street. Right. It was. Oh yeah. 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 But, but yeah. The also he mm. was on a great Broadway show called mm. The Tap Dance Kid. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what blew him up. Right, right. So now you tapped into um, uh, what was it called? Actually, now we're talking about masculine versus sensitivity mm-hmm. and everything. So one of the most pivotal moment, episodes I can remember about Fresh Prince was when Will was trying to hook up with this one girl, and so she says like, "I'll go out with you," but however, I have my cousin in town. And so, can we do a double date? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll you know, pit, uh, I'll, uh, Carlton. I'll, I'll, like, I'll fix yeah. her up with uh, Carlton and everything. So, the girl comes with her cousin. Her cousin's a roughneck right. and everything. Like, this, like, um, you know, like, this, like, tough-ass girl and everything. And she sees Carlton. And he's like, where's the rest of him? And so, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was, yeah. See, my, my, my thing with the... Uh, 
Fresh Prince was uh-huh. they tried to make him too black. Yeah. I don't I, not that there's too black. Right. But like no girl he ever dated on that show was anything but black. Yeah. Oh, all I've the girls he dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. Yeah. And the first one and only one to call him out on his shit was Tyra Banks. Oh, yeah. Character. Jackie? Yeah. yeah. She called him out on his fucking toxic masculinity so shit. Did, uh, so did Lisa. Yeah. Uh, Nia Long's Oh, the character? one he ends up marrying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but she came later on. Right, but right, the, right. Yeah. But no, but yeah, but uh, you know, but this is actually what I very respect about the show is everything is that Will's character was not immune to criticism. No. So this episode, um, they're watching Old Yeller. Right. And um, so Carlton starts crying. And the girl that ho- that's, uh, Will's trying to hook up with, she's like, it's okay, Carlton. You can cry and all that and everything. And so it showed that you could be sensitive. Yeah. And then so um, the, t- you know, the cousin goes out to go get smoke and everything. And Will leaves the uh, pool house for a bit. And then Carlton, the girl, starts kiss. talking. Yeah. And they kiss. Right. And Will sees this. And they have like... You know, Will doesn't want to talk to Carlton and everything and whatnot. Right. And so Carlton says, like, your whole, like, hey, baby, bap, bap shit doesn't work. Right. All right. Yeah. It, it was like, uh-huh. it was, yeah. And it showed, like, okay, this is the, this is like the new era of the sensitive yep. dude and everything. And now, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe Carlton did that to Will and everything and whatnot. Now I'm like, I'm watching, like, you know what? Carlton, you're right. Yeah. He deserved. He did. Yeah, he deserved well, to get that girl. In it also goes to the, mm-hmm. the what we were talking about the whole masculinity thing where mm-hmm. Will thought he deserved the girl because that's the one he wanted. Right. She doesn't have a choice. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She made her choice. You yeah. know. And like looking at that episode, it's like it was a very empowering episode because it showed that you don't have to be like this misogynistic right. trying to flex type of character. Be yourself. Carlton was yep. just himself. That's why he was able to get the girl. And also the girl was strong as well because she made her choice. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the choice that Will wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually something that I've, I've encountered pretty often is that I've actually met some guys that are total gentlemen. And I mean it like in the right. most sincere way, like from head to bottom. Mm-hmm. But just because of that, they think that they're entitled to the woman that they want. And exactly. they yeah. don't really take rejection very well. No. It, and as yeah. I said, they're total gentlemen and I'll, I'll give them that. But just the fact that you're a gentleman and just the fact that you're a really, you know, well-educated person and a really nice person doesn't mean that you're entitled to someone's exactly. presence or yeah, acceptance yeah. or yeah. love or anything yep. like that. That, right. that goes and touches on another thing that's very, you know, masculine, quote unquote. Oh, well, if I take you out and buy you stuff, Stuff, I deserve something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no you don't deserve another. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I have a friend, real quick. I'll touch on this. He was seeing this girl, mm-hmm. and she ended up telling him, "Well, I don't feel you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Let's just be friends." And he kept taking her out, buying her things, and still with the expectation of them dating. Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, bro." I was like, "No." I was like, if you want her to respect you mm-hmm. and if you want to make this a friendship, mm-hmm. be her friend. Yeah. yeah. I was like, next time you go out, and not in a dick way, mm-hmm. go buy your pay your own way, mm-hmm. buy your own movie ticket, I'll buy mine. Mm-hmm. Or if you buy the movie tickets, tell her, hey, you can get the snacks. Yeah. I was like, because that's a friendship. Yeah. And you're and then you get out of your own head thinking that you're expecting something or deserve yeah. something. Or right. or and and even then it would be you know, it would be okay if he still wanted to pay for everything as a mm-hmm. gentleman right. thing. But yeah. the fact that he's still expecting something back, exactly. even though she said mm-hmm. no, that's, you know. Yep. Yeah. Because what a lot of men don't understand is that once a girl says that I just want to be your friend, she's locked in. Yeah. She is yeah. locked in. And mm-hmm. it's very hard to mm-hmm. break that. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> it's very few and far between that you can break that. Yeah. Here's the why. If you go in expecting more than a friendship, 
she's going to know that mm. and she's going to keep it shut down. Yeah. However, if you go into it authentically being her friend yeah. with no other expectations, she may be open to the idea of dating you in the That's future. Actually you know, there is yeah. a, like a whole slew of rom-coms that validate the friend zone to romantic zone mm-hmm. journey. And every single one, I'm like, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> that goes back to the '80s. Ducky, Ducky yeah. is the prime example. Right. Oh, I was actually, I was actually watching uh, Pretty in Pink recently, right. and Ducky creeps me out because he was so <laughs> relentless. He was obsessed with her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even trying to get in good with her dad. Right. But when he finally gave up on that, yeah. that's when she noticed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. I feel bad that that his like that <laughs> that actor's John John Cryer, Cryer. Yeah. John Cryer's characters don't ever break. The ducky. Well, until yeah. until recently, he plays Lex Luthor now. Yeah. So, well, oh, he a, does. Well, really? Actually, there was that, that one movie. Cool. Um, what was it? Where he played like the young stockbroker that was like being chased by the mob. Yeah, hiding out. Hiding out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See that. But yeah, but yeah. no, but yeah, but um, but, but I mean, yeah. two and a half men. Yeah, he's basically cucked by. Oh, yeah, Charlie yeah no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's Charlie Sheen's punching bag. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the kind of he's his character on Two and a Half Men. Is so women don't protest the show because Charlie Sheen's a misogynist piece of shit. Yeah. So you need to have the sensitive balance to see kind that of show is out. toxic masculinity in a nutshell. Oh, in fuck fact, yeah. it, it it actually rewards it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, How I Met Your Mother, Barney and Ted. Yeah, they're the yeah. same dynamic. Same yeah. dynamic. They're no, they're yeah. they're not ironic the same. that yeah. Barney is gay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the actor. But yeah. oh, by the way, I was gonna say Paul Michael uh, Gosselier. Yeah, uh, and his arc as an actor, mm-hmm. and all the way up to I saw him on NYPD Blue, and I was like, I don't buy it. What? Oh, when he was a cop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, see, here's my thing. He got typecast as Zack Slater. Yeah. So anytime you see him, it's like, eh. Yeah. And so I saw him on NYPD Blue. I'm like, don't buy it. Yeah, but I gotta <laughs> tell you, it. even though it's it's definitely a Zack character. Yeah. Franklin and Bash was oh, hysterical. Oh, Franklin and Bash I with him and uh, Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, Brecklin uh, Meyer from uh, Robot Chicken. Yeah. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah, but um, and clueless. But. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, growing up in the '90s, um, it was uh, you know, I, I I look back at my childhood and the groups of friends that I had, like elementary school till like you know to high school and everything. It was a definite mixed bag. It was like a roller coaster. Some were good, some were bad, and everything. And so, um, I remember um, when I um, when my family moved into uh, Murphy Canyon. Well, you know, because, you know, you know, military family. My dad was in the Navy at the time and Murphy Canyon was naval housing. And I had these group of friends and we were all in. And I was like, we were like from kindergarten until like, I would say like around like uh, second grade. I was friends with them. And, you know, we were all into the same stuff, you know, Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, all the good geeky stuff and everything. And so um, when uh, we moved, uh, we moved from Murphy Canyon to Rancho Bernardo. And so I was around like third grade. I was like uh, just entered third grade at that time. And so there was these group of kids in Rancho Bernardo. Right. Like they would be considered like the cool kids, but they were assholes. Yeah. Like they were, they were, okay. So growing up in the suburbs, I realized that suburban kids try way too hard to act tough. Like oh, way oh, absolutely. too fucking hard. Absolutely. Because they're trying to overcompensate the fact that they're living a good life. Well, I want to say I want to say good life, but like they're living a comfortable life and everything. But however, with 
how toxic masculinity is presented in their family lives, yep. in the media, they have to act hard. And it's funny looking back on it, it was like, motherfucker, you grew up in San Diego. You ain't hard. So <laughs> you're, you're still in elementary school. Stop it. So like there was these group of kids that um, I, I was quote unquote friends with yeah. and everything. But like they would always give me shit for loving Power Rangers. Like I like I was you know still in my head. Right. No, that's exactly what it is. And everything. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this is see, and this is like what the dangers of toxic masculinity is the peer pressure. You wanna be with the cool kids. Yeah. You wanna fit in. Yeah. And everything. And I wanted to fit in with these kids. But they would always give me shit for liking Power Rangers. They always said, like, JJ's a Power Ranger. Right. Like, it was an insult. Mm -hmm. And there it was for a while. I stopped watching Power Rangers because I didn't want them to think I was into that anymore. It is. is Because, like, going going back to what you guys were talking about in the previous episode. Hiding yourself. Hiding yourself. Absolutely. And, like, also, one of the kids that I hung out with, he had a little brother who was, like, in... um, I was in fourth grade at the time. He was in uh, uh, third grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but with his brother, we were good friends. Right. And like, we could, I could talk about Power Rangers with him. I could talk about like, you know, video games with him and everything. But when I'm hanging out with his brother and the other friends, I couldn't. Yeah. You have a girls football. Right. Not afraid, bro. Right. Right. And it was was tough because like, as you know, in elementary school, like, you know, whenever you go, go to recess or lunch, it, you had to be the same, you were with the same grade. Uh, right. and everything right so the only time him and his um, me and his brother could hang out right was we were at home and like around like the apartment complex mm-hmm. and everything and so um but yeah and but look i was fortunate to have like a friends at like my age and my group in my grade right that were into the same stuff we were and everything and like you know and they were all they were cool with me i could talk about power rangers mm-hmm. with them and everything Unfortunately, they didn't live in my apartment complex right. or either they lived there, but they had, they moved away. Right. And so with these group of f- friends and everything, um, you know, it, like I couldn't be myself and I was a sensitive kid, like mm-hmm. really sensitive. I would cry at the drop of a hat. I was basically Gohan at the first arc, <laughs> the, the first arc of Dragon Ball yeah, 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 yeah. and everything. And I actually, I, I did, I realized I, I actually relate a lot to, to Gohan Cause you know, I was a very sensitive kid and like, you know, I looked at my dad as a role model, right. like how Gohan looks at Goku. I look at my dad and everything. Cause you know, my dad is like, you know, former military and all that. And like, you know, um, he was a sort him and then my, my, my parents were like a source of strength yeah. and everything. See, I like Chi Chi and Goku. I think why you and I make good friends is because yeah. we kind of had that different upbringing where we were say we're kind of sort of raised by single moms. Yeah. You had that positive role model still in your life. Yeah. You know? And I think that's yeah. what makes us friends because we have different backgrounds yeah yeah, yeah. but what i have a similar story to that the one you were saying because i well i just completely forgot yeah yeah. well (laughs) no but you were saying yeah that growing up hiding yourself yeah Yeah. well you know what i did have a friend that was kind of like you actually oh Uh, that was the one i was gonna say real quick uh i have a similar thing because i grew up in the hood yeah straight up bushwick brooklyn back in the 80s was hood yeah yeah um and uh i uh I went to visit my father who lived in suburban Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. And all of my brother's friends were white kids. Yeah, yeah. And they came, tried to come off hard like that. Yeah. You know, wearing their brand new mommy just bought me shell top Adidas. <laughs> right. And trying to be yo, yo, yo. And I didn't dress like that. Yeah. I would, honestly, I stood out in high school because I wore torn jeans, leather jackets, and had long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to an all black school. Yeah. So it kind of stood out. Right. And then 
when I would go to the suburbs and they they would be like, yo, yo, blah, 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 try to be hard. And all they had to do was hear that I was from Brooklyn. Yeah. They shut it down real quick. Yeah, yeah, It was like, it was kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like Debo coming up the block. They're taking off their chains. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like, but actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned the clothing because, yeah, there was some clothing that I would ask my parents to get me that uh, I really wasn't into, but my friends were raring. Like, like cross been, colors and shit? No, no, no. Oh. But, but again, these are white kids oh okay <laughs> so pop collar polos no remember 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 uh no fear granimals right granimals. But do, oshkosh right? <laughs> but remember do you remember the no fear shirts yes oh, yeah. yeah 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 no fear shirts um back in the day like they no, still have them oh do they yeah i haven't seen those since yeah the uh, they have the uh, no fear gun rack yeah and yeah. like and like they have the what is it that uh army the metal thing army that it's a skull with the nazi yeah. helmet on Oh, the yeah. metal militia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Wait a but yeah, that's a band, though. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, no. no. So, uh, but yeah, so I would like wear the no fear stuff. I would wear the the airwalks in the vans because that's what they were. Yeah, dude. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> I rem- and but yeah, but what 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 made me do that? And this is a really fucking dark moment in one of my mm. childhood. So we were all on the playground, and so I come up. I'm wearing like. Um, what was it like my air walks like mm-hmm. those tanned air walks i'm wearing sweatpants blue sweatpants and everything they turn into the fashion police they're like saying josh like you know one of the friends josh is like hey ryan what do you see wrong with what jj's wearing right now and they were just like breaking me down like what i'm wearing and everything okay calm down then mr black i'm saying <laughs> And like, and what's it called? Like, but I want to impress them, so I wanted to try to wear what they wear and everything. And see, and then th- that's toxic masculinity right Absolutely, there. Yeah, is peer pressure. Yeah, it's, I, honestly, I think that's a fucking form of bullying. Oh, me. it is bullying. Yeah. But and like, it's that whole like mentality and of like, oh, but they're my friends. They're not your friends. But you don't know that because you're yeah. still a kid yep. and you want them to like you. Yeah. So this is the uh, okay. So this is the friend I'm going to tell you about that reminded me of Gus a little. Well, before you go into that, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take a quick break. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Jesse from Make It a Combo. Thanks for listening to the Minorities Report. But don't forget to listen to our podcast, Make It a Combo, where we watch movies and have fun. Also, make sure you check out MI Slut, hosted by Andrea, where she gets down to the nitty gritty of people's sex life. And we're back. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah. We're talking about generations. So, mm-hmm. Jay, you were talking about in the 90s mm-hmm. when you were growing up in millennial. Yeah. You had a friend that did what? Reminded? He was handsome like me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I ain't got to laugh that fucking right. hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, um, this is right after my parents divorced. Um, mm-hmm. So, I was with my mom in like that same neighborhood. My dad moved out. And so, they needed a, my mom needed to hire a babysitter. Uh, Cause she was working, and so I was still in school. I mean, like actually, by the, no, when I would get out of school, she would still be at work. So there'd be a babysitter. So um, my babysitter, really nice woman, the one of the most caring uh, women, you know, I've never know ever known and everything. She was almost, she had that Aunt May energy, you know. Yeah. And so she has a, she had a son who was um who was actually a year younger than me. His name was Cameron. And so Cameron was kind of like that. He was kind of like that Fonzie. Damn, you he, knew people with the whitest names, bro. Rancho Bernardo, my friend. <laughs> San Diego. Cameron. Cameron, Josh, Ryan, and everything. Yeah. Did so, you know an Aston? No. Oh, okay. I, in San Diego. I met an Aston in did Scottsdale. You, did you feel like, like especially for African-American folks or mm-hmm. people of color in general, mm-hmm. that, that like there was, a, there was a potential for, there's a greater potential for uh, 
female-born children to have uh, a name that was more culturally identifying than men, than male-born children. Because like yeah. I, I've met a bunch of Camerons yeah. who are clearly from African-American culture mm-hmm. or whatever, and then and then they say, and this is my sister Shaquilla. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Because like I knew, like because like when I was in elementary school, I do knew I knew girls like you know um, black girls who mm-hmm. had like the African names like Shamika. Kanisha. Bro, that's all I knew growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. who had the feminine names? Yeah. The guys. Yeah. Tracy, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, um, and uh, yeah, and I think that was like to help because, you know, again, like we were living in white neighborhoods. So, and, I th- and I'm pretty sure they were born in their white neighborhoods. So I think like their names were right. to help like well, that cultural identity. But you moved yeah. around a lot being from parents with military yeah. background. My thing is, were you ever the fetishized because the exotic kid coming into the school? Because if you're in white suburban areas, yeah. that's why when I would go visit my, my brother was completely whitewashed. My brother yeah. didn't learn Spanish. To, yeah. My brother didn't learn Spanish until he was 19 yeah. and he spoke it with an American accent. Where yeah. I would go there and uh-huh. like ooh exotic because yeah. I was from Brooklyn. I don't think I don't think I don't think so. Honestly, I think I was more like because like I'm you know a black kid in a suburban neighborhood. I think that put a target on my back because oh. like yeah because this- yeah because like you know it's like you know um, you know what are you doing in our neighborhood and everything and um, well there, see a lot yeah, of people get yeah. fetishized so it was yeah. It was crazy that you experienced that different thing. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, a lot of people, they, they get, oh, they're exotic. They're not like everybody else around here. And yeah. a lot of people will lean into that. And again, mm-hmm. that goes, I think, into the whole masculinity toxic right. thing. Right. Because yeah. they try to lean into it. Right, right. That's right, baby. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but going back to uh, my friend Cameron and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, but Cameron was a bit of a hard ass. Like he was like, you know, he could, he could be a bit of a jerk and everything. But he was one of those like uh, jerks of the heart. Hey, wait a but, minute. You said he was like me. Exactly. Well, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> You have a heart. Uh, sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes uh, but, I just right. go, eh, fuck him. Yeah, so yeah. He, he, but yeah, but uh, he, was a, he was a bit of a hard ass. Like, I say a bit because, like, you know, he um, was raised by his, his mother. See, this is where the parallels are right. coming in and everything. He was raised by his single mother. His father was out of the picture. And, um, you know, they were, they were um, churchgoers. And everything. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, no, no, not that type of churchgoers. They they weren't like in front of like militant plant- churchgoers. Right, right. And so, um, but yeah, he was a bit of a hard ass. But again, like I think that was like he was trying to be tough because it was just him and his mom. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's an Italian kid, so you know. Hey, oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, like at the when I was a kid, I was like, man, Cameron's mean sometimes. Like, what's his deal and everything. Looking back, yeah, he was still mean, but at the same time, I took him for granted because he was looking out for me because he would defend me from like my group of quote unquote friends. And then he would tell me like, dude, why are you hanging out with them? They're always making fun of you. Stop hanging out with them. They don't, you know, what's it called? They're not your friends. Right. And I was a hard head. I was totally hard headed. But I'm like, I I don't know, man, but I think they're kind of da 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 da. It's that whole mentality again yeah. you want to be part you of the want cool to kids. fit in the yeah. peer pressure yep. peer pressure is a motherfucker oh, absolutely. My, uh, it is the most powerful fucking and, agent and actually just, a a, just, an, just as an observation what you were mentioning earlier yeah. about the clothing and wanting to belong yeah i've noticed that like super hard, hard like in mexico and mm. not, not even yeah. just in schools or anything like that but in general like people yeah. judge you based on what you're wearing and right. if you're not wearing the most expensive clothes that yeah. you can mm-hmm. ever find see but yeah. I don't get the Mexican cultures those big giant belt buckles and the pointy boots that fucking <laughs> yeah. point up 
to the no, sky. Well, well and, 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 and not even that. those, not yeah. even that type of clothing. Like uh, if you're not wearing like the name brands, brands. yeah, name brands. Yeah. Like uh, the most popular in Mexico, I think, would be like uh, Hollister yeah. and mm-hmm. Aeropostale. Really? Yeah. Those wow. Are like, yeah, Hollister. Yeah. They, they Hollister doesn't make clothes in my size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. No, the, going back, and you're right because even yeah. back in the '80s, if yeah. you didn't have on Lee jeans, yeah, yes, it was a thing mm-hmm. with the different colors, mm-hmm. and you had didn't have on suede pumas or shell top Adidas mm-hmm. and rock a Kango hat with a Latigra shirt, mm-hmm. you weren't shit. Yeah. No, I had my my mom was a poor single mom raising kids on welfare and food stamps, mm-hmm. so I got wild styles. Yeah. They were like they looked just like shell top Adidas, but they had four stripes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, mine's even better. I got four stripes, <laughs> yo. But, but but yeah, but but so uh, we get what you're saying I, oh, because yeah, yeah, we absolutely. all lived in yeah, the yeah. in the 70s. It was uh, Lacoste. Mm-hmm. You know the yeah 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 yeah. Shirt. Oh, that's another. Yeah. That's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 It is. I mean, yeah. Well, we'll talk about a long living brand. But... What you talking about, man? Your generation wore tights. Uh, <laughs> tight, tight, tights. Girls had to fight their boyfriends for their pants. Yeah. <laughs> Men in tights. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. You um, but yeah. So as uh, time went on, um, Josh and like you know the bad friends and everything, right. they started moving away. Unfortunately, Cameron moved away as well and everything. Um, so for a while I felt alone and then, um, a new, uh, group of kids moved into the apartment complex. Um, and I remember the name was, uh, Aaron and Tony and, and there was Aaron's brother, but I forget his name and everything, but they were awesome. They right. were the good group of friends because they were into Power Rangers just like me and everything. And so I was able to be myself around them. I was able I was able to watch Power Rangers again without having to feel ashamed. I was nice. able to rare what I wanted to rare. Yeah. And so here's how awesome these uh, these uh, friends were in everything. I remember uh, Power Rangers Zio, the uh, the Gold Ranger. They were gonna start to they were like close like a, we were a couple days away from the Gold Ranger's identity being revealed. Um, so when they said like next week on Zio, the Gold Ranger reveals his identity. As soon as that promo ended, I hear a knock on my door. It's Tony and Aaron. And they're like, I think it's going to be Jason. So that's one of my fondest childhood <laughs> memories. Yeah. 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 That's one of my final, fondest childhood memories because I was friends with uh, kids who were nice kids yeah. who liked me for me. I didn't have to walk on eggshells. The, the 80s equivalent to that was... Yeah. We used to, on Saturdays, go outside and play after Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. But came 3 o'clock, you didn't see a soul outside. Yeah. Why? Our equivalent to Power Rangers were, it was called the drive-in movie, mm-hmm. but it was Shaw Brothers uh, Kung Fu movies. Yes. You know, like Return to the 36 Chamber, the Five Deadly Venoms. Oh, those exploitation Le- movies. Yeah. The, the legendary weapons of China. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. we would all go home and watch those. Mm-hmm. And then... After it was done, come back out and we were hop, 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 hop. Oh, that was us. That was us with Power Rangers. You know, we would call like, you know, I would try to like be the quickest to say I'm the Red Ranger and everything. So the 60s equivalent, my sister in 1966. McMillan and wife. (laughs) Star Trek, bitch. Wait, 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 McLeod? (laughs) The Merv Griffin show. (laughs) No, it was Star Trek and... uh, and, you know, nobody in my school or that I knew wanted to hear a word about Star Trek. Oh, because it wasn't cool to be a nerd. It then. was oh, so yeah, yeah. not yeah. cool. Yeah. And I'm riding the bus one day and this kid that lives just like half a block away from me says, hey, didn't you do this art project? And I had an art project that was hung in the hall, mm. which is a big thing. 
And I said, yeah. And he says, oh, cool. Well, you want to come over sometime? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we're, we're, you You're know, trekkies just, together. just trying to figure our shit out. And, yeah. and he says, well, what kind of TV shows? And I, I said, well, you know, my favorite show is Star Trek. He said, what? Mm-hmm. But see, <laughs> Needless back in my to say, day, instant best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, back like, in my day, they were called Trekkies. Now they're Trekkers yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, so a lot of people like the term Trekkie. Now, I wasn't hardcore at your level, but mm-hmm. back in the 80s, they used to play the reruns of the original Star Trek series at 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. on WPIX Channel 11 in New mm-hmm. York. Nice. And I would, I had my own little TV in my bedroom, so I would stay up mm-hmm. till midnight right. to watch Star Trek. My, mm-hmm. mother, my mother would get pissed, but I would sneak mm-hmm. and watch Star Trek. And my favorite, because I identified with him for some reason, was... Mm-hmm was uh spock yeah, yeah. i wasn't want to be the ladies man like mm. like uh captain kirk yeah i wanted to be spock the intellectual he was yeah. the smartest that even man. i taught myself the vulcan greeting yeah. and i and uh i learned how to raise my eyebrow mm. that's why when you guys make fun of or people try to go because i always raise my eyebrows in yeah. picture and they go oh the the people's uh, people's eyebrow no mm. that's the fucking spock eyebrow <laughs> fucking right. the rock stole that shit right. from spock. i always thought that spock and kirk were like the ace the slater and the zach morris of like of the 60s you're well, either you're either like you're either team slater or team zach you're the right. team kirk or team spock well they were the yin and yang yeah because yeah. kirk yeah. If there was a fight, Kirk would just jump in and fucking yeah. toxic, toxic, toxic. And where right. Spock would stand back and go, All right, well, let me see how I could beat them without getting right. my hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's actually a couple other friends from uh, the Rancho Bernardo era right. that I wanted to give a shout out to. Um, so, I, as I mentioned, my friend Orlando, um, really awesome kid, really cool kid. He lived in our apartment complex for just a little while, then he moved away, but I would still see him at school. And, but yeah, he was the coolest. And he actually, for uh, book day, there was a day where we get dressed as literary characters. Mm-hmm. He found a loophole. So at that time, this was around like fifth grade, Mortal Kombat, the movie just came out. And they had the novel tie-in. <laughs> the novelization. <laughs> the the novelization. novelization. He came to school dressed as Raiden. <laughs> and people were first like, wait, he's a video game character. But he's like, oh, I have the novel right here. Yeah. That's a book. I was like, boom. Well played, my friend. Lawyered. <laughs> yeah. But no, he was such a nice kid and everything. Yeah. He, was really, he was a really fun-loving kid and everything. And there was these two brothers that moved in uh, shortly after. And one of them was like, he... <laughs> You were that uh the fucking the kids that always look like they're thirty or older. You think they're, <laughs> they're an undercover cop and everything. That, that was me. I had a mustache when I was twelve. Yeah, I show I showed Jay a picture of me when I was twelve. He mm. goes, he goes, how old were you? I said twelve. He goes, motherfucker, you look thirty. Right, right. <laughs> so I forgot his name, but him and his, him and his brother, they were like German American. And they were awesome kids because, like, the guy was like, he was like really good shape, like, he had muscles and everything. And but he was in a nerdy shit like I was. He Sounds was into, like you were checking him out, bro. Kind of was. <laughs> All right. Was I mean, it, it wasn't Vin Diesel, was it? Right. <laughs> well, he was about family. Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel's every race but white. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, he is, he's yeah. like a D&D player. Yeah, yeah. Well, but so not, is Joe Manganello. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, anyway. but yeah, but yeah. Did you but, see the, the new. Uh, D and D table. He is. Oh yeah. He just yeah, had this yeah. custom table build fits about thirty people, which is hilarious because yeah. he's probably one of the best looking yeah. dudes in Hollywood, yeah. and his wife is oh yeah. Oh. yeah. And then he's a nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, before Vin Diesel, before Joe Manganiello, uh-huh. it was this kid where he was like the first jock nerd, and I would hang out with him a couple times and everything, and I noticed that Josh and the bad friend group mm-hmm. got jealous. 
So they would try to pull me away from him <laughs> wow. and everything. That's yeah. another toxic male thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And sadly, and I still feel guilt about this. Sometimes I would go hang out with them right. and everything. So looking back, I was like, okay, there's Orlando. There's the two brothers. There's um, the younger brother. I already had a good Oh, and Cameron. I had a good friend group, a positive good friend group. Right. Why am I still hanging out with these assholes <laughs> and everything? And so looking back, I was like, wow, man, I really fucked up. But then again, that's what's about being growing right. up. It's well, like making like those bad decisions. That's how you grow. Yeah. But what I wanted you to touch on, because we've talked about it before, when you mm-hmm. moved uh, and you lived, when you went to high school and you had moved and you were new into it, yeah. you faced a lot of bullying and yeah. shit like that and yeah. a lot of toxic male shit. Yeah. So you no longer were the one, because if you've told me this, yeah. you were no longer the one that tried to like disguise yourself to hang out with them. Yeah. You were now the outsider. Yeah. And you embraced it, but you got right. bullied and you survived right. that. Right. Because so when I moved, so when my mom and I moved to Scottsdale, it was in the middle of my eighth grade year. Right. And there was these uh, three group of ki- uh, three, uh, kids. So junior high school, it's like more formative years. That's when you right. become, you either choose to become a high school dickhead yeah. or you don't. Right. And so, you know, and fucking junior high was like the fucking worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because like, uh, okay, so like my, um, before I go into the Scottsdale chapter, um, going to junior high in, um, in San Diego, again, you have like those suburban kids who are trying to act tough, but it's also the combination of junior high like those hormones and everything become outright dickish yeah and everything so when, when boys start shooting in doggy water yeah if you don't know what that is it's pre-jizz oh good yeah. god no. when you just hit puberty you don't oh yeah yeah. yeah but yeah and um i never heard that term. Oh, doggy yeah. water we yeah. used to call it that back in brooklyn but again, yeah, yeah. yeah but no it was <laughs> tough though like there's like a like a face a lot of bullying in junior high right and everything and it's because because those kids they need to feel like they had to act tough mm-hmm. you know and everything and um, I uh, so for for some reason for and this is this is why like schools back in the day really were behind the times when it came to like um, handling kids with like attention or like you know learning disabilities and everything. So I was put in like um, special ed, n- not special ed, but these remedial classes. Yeah, and. I didn't know. I was so confused. Like, why am I in here? Why am I not in homeroom like I was in sixth grade and everything? Right. Why is this my homeroom? And I was in these, there's these, uh, um, in this classroom full of kids who are hyper aggressive, who had like some behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. I felt like the odd man out, mainly because I was getting all the work done at a quicker weight than they were. Right. They were all screwing off, being dickish and everything. I was getting my work done. And at the, looking back, I was like, you know, I think because I was seen as like high, having like attention deficit disorder, mm-hmm. I was just lazy. You know, they, <laughs> no, the thing is, is that like I was in the I, I could be. <laughs> he owns it. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Because like the thing was, is like there were like a lot of like school projects that right. I would like put myself in. Like I would like go in if it was like if it motivated me. Like I remember in sixth grade they had this um, reading project where you were given a passport and you would read books from like different cultures mm-hmm. that took place in different areas. And so you would go to the library. So you would check out a book, read it, go to the librarian and she would ask you questions about it just to make sure that, you know, you're legit. You actually fucking read it. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I, uh, what's it called? So they like, okay, cool. 
they would write in the name of the book, right. author, how many pages, and they would give you a sticker. So that'd be like your passport stamp. Mm. You went to Japan and everything. Right. So it was a really cool project, but I found myself very studious. I'd be reading books. I'd have like a whole pile and everything. I remember it was um, on Take Your uh, Take Your Child to Work Day. Right. I um, but it was like when my dad was like um, stationed in Kent Pendleton, and so I would um. I would bring my book. I was reading the real story of Hercules, mm-hmm. which blew my mind because I was familiar with the Kevin Sorbo, Lucy Lawless. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, so he killed his wife and kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, so, like, it's like they Disney-fied it. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I remember being so studious and I would do book reports and everything. I was motivated. But there was like some parts of school where I wasn't motivated right. and I was just lazy. I had like no like, um, what's it called? I had like no learning disability, but at that time, if you had a, if you were, if you were being lazy, you didn't show any interest in school, they right. automatically think, oh, you're learning disabled. Well, oh, you have ADHD. Uh, just Go- like my uncle, he got a, yeah. uh, he was put into special classes because he's, uh, when he was a kid, mm-hmm. he stuttered all the time yeah. and they thought that he didn't know how to read. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing. When, when I was coming up in the eighties mm-hmm. uh, in school, mm-hmm. you were put into specialized ed classes if you had behavioral issues, like mm-hmm. if you like to fight and all that. Yeah. Uh, however, they would put kids with learning disabilities in there. And again, pardon for the terminology, but this was the time. They would just say you were retarded. Yeah. You know, and they, if you were slow learning, they would just call you retarded and put you into special ed classes. Yeah. And that was kind of fucked up because yeah. a lot of these kids needed help. Right, right. See, they it, didn't have that. Right, because like the teachers at the time in the administrations, they did not take the time to actually get to know these kids. Well, the thing is, it wasn't part of the culture then. That's yeah. why that's, they didn't recognize it. Right. Where now teachers are, are taught and prepared to look, right. to look at those things. They're not, they weren't back then. Yeah. We, I was, I was in accelerated classes from the, first grade mm-hmm. uh not saying that i'm smarter than anybody but i was smarter than people i went to yeah, school yeah. with but i was still considered a hard ass because i would stand up for myself yeah. i never got bullied uh growing up i was a white kid like yeah. i didn't not that i acted quote unquote white yeah but i was the i was pale yeah i liked sci-fi mm-hmm. i liked to read yeah i liked i was smart yeah. so i was i did my homework so i was always picked on by the black kids because i was oh uh, you you hey white they used to call me white boy yeah or beastie boy yeah because yeah. i was white yeah. and a uh, complexion right and so i always had to constantly fight and stand up for myself yeah you know oh three o'clock yo okay Sure. Three and then when they, high or something? And then yeah. when they got there, I whooped their ass. And they yeah. oh, oh, wait till I get my cousin. Why? Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick his ass too? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, because it, the epitome of that, of the masculinity thing, and I'll just touch on this real quick. We had a next door neighbor. Uh, I remember their names. It was Juan and Carlos. They were brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Juan started shit with me. Yeah. So I kicked his ass, mm-hmm. right? He tried to, you know, man up to me and I fucking kicked his ass. And he went upstairs crying. His father brought him and his brother back down. Mm-hmm. He goes, you better fucking kick his ass or I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. And they both came up to fight me. Yeah. You know, and it's two two guys, but I had a kid, a friend, one of my best friends mm-hmm. when I was younger named Danny Rios. Yeah. Danny was about a year older than me, mm-hmm. but he was twice my size. He was, mm-hmm. a, he was a heavy kid. Mm-hmm. And he came running from down the block and mm-hmm. fucking punched one of them in the back of the oh, head. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and we kicked their ass yeah, yeah. and then sent them off to their father. Right, right. It's like yeah. so it, we never picked fights. Danny yes. and I would never fight. We right. played we played games in the street, yeah. but they always came like to me mm-hmm. to try to fight. Yeah, yeah. Was there any curb stomping involved? Just, no, no, yeah. no, no. This ain't American history. So, actually, now you, 
just, now you just reminded me of a friend I had in middle school and everything. Again, older kid that you know, kid that is young but looks really older. He act, he actually kind of looked like Brendan Fraser and everything. His name was Tyler, and so. I looked up to Tyler literally because he was a tall kid. Uh, but he, but um, we would like uh, we had PE together, and um, I would always talk his ear off about Simpsons, and I feel bad about it. But he was cool even though. then, right? Shit. I know, same. <laughs> Nothing but, has changed, right? But he was cool though. Like right. he would listen, like right on, right on, and everything. Because I guess he saw me like as a little, as a little brother type, right. and everything. And so one day we're playing like this beach volleyball type of game. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I wasn't really into sports, martial arts. Yes. But not like, you know, um, other sports and everything. And I would always fuck up and everything. And the kids would start yelling at me. And so we're in the locker room, we're getting changed and they're still giving me shit. And I'm trying to hold back tears. And then all of a sudden I hear Tyler yell at the kids, say, Hey, shut up, leave him alone. There you go. And everything. And it, I was like, oh my God, he sees me as a friend. Because looking back, I thought like, oh, I thought I, was, I annoyed him when I talked about Simpsons or whatever. Right. But no, he saw me as a friend. So, so, I, so he was kind of like um, Adam Baldwin right. in My Bodyguard. So he was like that and everything. Right, but, but Adam Baldwin. Yeah. So, so, there was, so you're saying that like in the 90s, yeah. it was still that same mentality where but yours honestly i think was more of the frat type of fucking guys that oh yeah were mask they were toxic yeah you know and masculinity was yeah. measured by not by it started to become measured by uh, not so many how many women you slept with and all yeah. that but what you had yeah possessions yes in the 90s it was absolutely like how much you had right you know? if you had like the new game system or right. the fresh clothes or your whole status yeah. and everything oh so, yeah so see, observing yeah. observing you from the outside though since the um, since i've met you mm-hmm. you grew up the more sheltered nerdy kid yeah and you grew up more see because there's a balance i think of masculinity mm-hmm. and to to sensitive yeah i was i was the opposite where i hid my sensitivity growing up yeah and just showed my masculinity yeah uh, or what is determined to be masculinity mm-hmm. and then as i've grown into an adult you know and now that i'm middle-aged mm-hmm. i i let my more sensitive side come out yeah and decrease that toxic shit that i had yeah where you were kind of the opposite not that you're toxic right where when i met you you were a nerdy shy guy yeah but i've seen you grown to be more uh of a well-balanced yeah. kind of person but johnny yeah. don't jay sorry no sorry let's do it again but Jay, mm-hmm. don't you think you need to like develop a little bit of a skin, I, to to act as like a buffer so that you can have the like the time and space to figure out how you're going to deal with that yeah. toxicity and then deal with it. Right. Well, th- see, that's how it was growing up. You know, like um, I was always told, like you know, try to like develop a tougher skin and everything. However. It was by kids who were being dicks to me. Like, I'm just trying to toughen you up. Right. That's why they they, they try to rationalize their behavior. I'm, you know, you, I'm just trying to toughen you up. Well, man, that, like, that's every, every toxic male uh, male influence in your life just says the same thing. Whether it be yeah. a father, uncle. Yeah. Oh, I need to toughen you up, boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've honestly become so sensitive in my middle age that we were watching yeah. the X-Files and if mm. you're a fan of it, spoiler alert, if you mm. haven't watched it, but you should, it's fucking 30 years old. Um, <laughs> there's an episode where the lone gunman guys die. Mm. Yeah. I was like, <clears throat> holding back tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, nope, nope, yeah. nope, nope. Cause, because yeah. it, if I felt that because you watched yeah. the show, you learn to love those characters. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. to, to wrap up what you were talking about in the yeah. 90s, yeah. you see yourself, and uh-huh. correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you've grown where that sensitive, shy guy is still in you, yeah. but you've learned to 
kind of like like uh, Mr. Han said, yeah. create that not shell, but yeah. create that also form where you're balanced that way. I, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, re, um, you know, it, it took a while. It definitely took a while um, because I started to stop. Um, I, I basically, for the lack of a better phrase, get my head out of my ass. Right. Because remember, I mentioned my friend Cameron um, and other uh, friends who were like, um, who tried to tell me like, dude, like you know, don't hang out with those kids. They were trying right. to like teach me, but. I was hard headed. My father too. My father was a very big influence in how to like toughen up and everything. So as you know, like you know, he served in the navy, military man, and all that. Um, so he would always be like, like when I was a teen and everything, he would always lecture me. Right. Like there would be these long ass lectures. It was, it was like you know what's like you know the military, the military father and the hippie child and everything like cut your hair and whatnot like seriously he told me to cut my hair because my fro was like who are you from boondock style that shit looked like a tumbleweed yeah and so you know and like you know so every time i would like you know my i would visit my dad and everything um you know he would always be lecturing me and it would be like you know we're at a ball game or at disneyland like he would like you know give me a lecture Mm -hmm. and at the time i'm like oh God, dad, lay off my back. Just like do the whole eye roll thing without having, without rolling my eyes because mm-hmm. he would see that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Boy, roll your eyes back in the head. Right, 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 right. And um, so at the time, I was like, oh, God, what a here we go. Oh, boy. Five, ten minutes, he's still going and everything. But looking back, I appreciate that because he was trying to teach me. Right. And he was telling me lessons. And even though at the time I felt like they were at like weird times because you'd be, again, Disneyland or whatever, he was just trying to tell me because, again, like we were living in different states. He's in California, I'm here and everything. Mm -hmm. There were very, very few times I got to see him, you know, just like during like the summer. And so. So he was trying to give you those life lessons in the short time he had with you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See, you and I just had the different toxicity. You yeah. had the more suburban one. Yeah. Whereas preppy kids being assholes and looking down on you if you didn't have as much as them. Yeah. Where I grew up in the hood. Yeah. Where kind of similar. If you didn't have the same thing as them, you were a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And you were, you, if you couldn't fight or you weren't this or you weren't that, if you weren't, yeah. a, if you weren't a banger, yeah. you, were, you were, oh, you didn't get girls, you were an ass. You know, you were a fucking faggot, homo, yeah, yeah. and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But... But so, in other words, what you're telling me is millennials yeah. weren't de- that much different. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, in fact, but, yeah. But I did want to. I did have this I mean, one quick. Jay? Yeah, I did have this one even, story where. Um, do you even pop your collar, man? <laughs> I did have this one quick story. You know how I compared myself to Gohan as a kid? Yeah. Remember when he first showed his powers? Yeah. So this was like you know um, after a year of living in the Scottsdale, I was friends with a group of kids. Mm-hmm. Again, there was they were assholes, just like you know the Rancho Bernardo kids and right. everything. And so there was this one kid who tried to act tough and everything. And he was like, almost like, he looked like Eminem. He would try to act like, you know, mm-hmm. he was down with hip hop and everything. But he was racist as fuck, too, well, and everything. Well, shit happens. Yeah. And so, and so um, there was one time where we're walking home from school and he says to me, hey, what up, my nigga? And I'm like, and he's been saying, dropping the N-word right, a lot right, right, while right. we were hanging out. That was the day I had enough. So I was like, dude, don't ever say that word. Okay, yeah. my nigga. I smack him upside the head. Yeah. And then he tries to do the stare down at me. And like before then I would like try to be like, I wasn't like, I was very like non-confrontive mm-hmm. and everything. So, and like he was, um, it would try to be intimidating. And so I would try to back off except that day. And so he tried to do the stare down. I stared at him and then he tried to pin my arms. And yeah. so with my arms pinned, I did the next best thing. 
I headbutted him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. And he was bewildered, like, did that just happen? Yeah. yeah. And then we had like that typical like high school fight and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it was that moment where I so I was like, oh shit. So this is what standing up for yourself feels yep, like. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 With that, I want to say thank you very much. And we will see you. You've just listened to the Minorities Report from Make It A Combo Productions. Executive produced by Jesse and Junior. Check them out on all platforms. And don't forget to follow our other podcasts, Am I a Slut? and Make It A Combo. Thank you and goodbye.